uh, it is now my great pleasure to introduce you just briefly to our guest speaker. So we are welcoming this morning Roger Bai from the UK. He comes to us as Josh and Chloe's dad, uh, but also he is a leader. He is an apostolic leader within Christ Central and that's the family of churches that Good First is a part of. We're part of something so much bigger than just us here in Gothenburg, which is so encouraging to us. And uh, he has been a valuable support to us. And he can really speak into us. He gets to help and equip many different churches across the world, Mexico, Canada and the UK. Um, so he's coming to us. Uh, as a friend and a, a father and as an apostolic leader to encourage us and equip us this morning. Roger, it's wonderful to have you. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, he's going to pick up in our Alive series in Ephesians. Fabulous. Okay, so so good being with you all. And thanks for uh, uh, such, a, such a good welcome, Emily. And it's just great worshipping with you as well. Uh, just excellent in that. This is where technology kind of works for us, okay, amidst all the other frustrations. So it's, it's my privilege to pick up on Ephesians chapter one. And um, I, I'm going to be picking up on verse 15. And I just want to say that this next section of Ephesians 1 is like the first section of that you've looked at so far. I think you've had Al, Al you've had uh, Josh speaking. And I think they both said that it's that section was like just one long sentence. You know, Paul, it almost seems like couldn't contain himself. It's just he, he just he can't get words out fast enough as he describes everything that is true of us in Christ. And then there's just this bit of a pause, and then we go into another long sentence. Uh, and it's that that I want to read to you now. So it's Ephesians 1, verse 15, and we'll go through to 23. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you, my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things or who fills all in all. Okay, It's a remarkable section of scripture. It's almost like in that early bit of Ephesians 1, 
we've stood under like this Niagara, the Niagara Falls of, of, of truth, just kind of a deluge of, of the, the truth of the grace of God. And it, it, it's been awesome as just seeing everything that God have Father has done for us in Christ. It's remarkable. And somehow being caught by this, being under this deluge of truth, at this point, it's almost like catching the, the, the current of that truth. And, and it, like it, it, it lifts us up and it, and it takes us straight into prayer. And, and it, it is so important we understand that, that this revelation of grace, actually in the early bit of Ephesians 1, leads to praise. Here, it leads to prayer. It, and, and this prayer is just full of God's heart for us. It's actually full of the revelation of who God is. It takes us beyond, as it were, our own perceived needs into the truths about who God is, what he's like, what he what he what he's doing and 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 it wraps us up actually in something far bigger than ourselves and and to be truthful that's one of our greatest needs actually is to be caught up in the bigness of who god is so for this reason paul prays i pray and we can learn much from how Paul prayed. And the mere fact it, it, it's in scripture means it's a, a prayer that has divine approval. I, I, I love what you're doing in that interest group of just reading through scripture. And, uh, and sometimes it's good to read the prayers of scripture because we know they're inspired by God himself. And so we know that prayers that can be answered, they, they touch the very heart of God. But let's just see a couple of things about the way Paul prayed, and then I want to get to his priority in prayer. He says this, that ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. Paul knew how to view people from the right perspective. He, he sees their faith in the Lord Jesus and their love. In other words, he highlights gospel realities in people's lives. And it can be such a help for us when we pray for one another, okay, that we actually do thank God for one another, for what God's done in our lives. And, you know, sometimes that can be a helpful check when we do kind of get the bumps and the scrapes and the frustrations of just church life, not alone normal life, I actually think, God, I just want to thank you uh, for, I want to thank you for him or her, uh, but to view them through these like gospel eyes, the right perspective. Uh, and Paul doesn't stop giving thanks. Uh, and giving thanks is a vital part of Paul's praying. We see it here in Ephesians. You can see it in other letters. It's often how he starts when he talks about his prayers for them. He says, and giving thanks. Remarkably, that's how he uh, writes to the Corinthians. And, and boy, they had this whole list of issues going on in the local church, all sorts of stuff, you know, that wasn't good. 
But actually, even there, when Paul writes to them, he, he, he begins by saying to them, I, I, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving is such a key to our prayer lives. It's actually thanksgiving is actually the response to grace. It recognizes God is the giver and we are the receiver. Thanksgiving also recognizes the grace of God at work in others. It's fundamental to our praying. And then, and then he prays with persistence, just that phrase, I keep asking, I keep asking. Paul doesn't give up on this. And then what he asks for is that the eyes of their hearts, and I believe we can say the eyes of our hearts, are opened. That we might see clearly the things that God has done for us in Christ. And, th and then... And then we move on to really his priority, the real focus of this prayer. And, uh, and it says, I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of him. Or in the New International Version, it says that you might know him better. In other words, this prayer is God-centered. Is that we might know him. It's God-saturated, God-centered praying. It's about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit being at the center of our prayer lives. You know, it, it, it's, it, it, we encounter the Trinity, actually, God himself in prayer. We're often praying, aren't we, for, for things for our needs, for our circumstances, our issues, and, and all of that is right. And all of that actually is encouraged biblically. But we must see alongside those prayer for our needs, we must see this type of praying that actually focuses us on getting to know God better and better. That, this is the heart of God for us, that we might know him better. This is, the, this is where salvation takes us. It takes us into relationship, into, into knowing him, the glorious father. So it, it talks about the father of glory. I wonder what our experience of father is like. I know that's kind of tricky ground for me to go on <laughs> with certain people. It kind of... Uh, in on this but you know we can have such different experiences can't we it may be we've got an okay experience of father it may be good you never know it, it may be disappointing I know as a father I know that I've disappointed my children in just different areas but it, it may be awful there's all sorts of different experiences of father that we can have but this chapter, it immerses us in a revelation that goes beyond anything we can imagine. We have a glorious father. He is the God of glory. And he chose us. So what we looked at 
in the early bit of Ephesians 1, that, that, that that's the most defining thing about our past. It's not, as it were, our lived out and our, and, and our known the past, but what actually God's done for us in Christ, that we've been predestined, we've been chosen, uh, we've now been adopted and we're part of his family. He gave the very best for us, his son. And now we're in him. We're in the beloved son. And so we cry out, Abba, Father. He's our glorious father. And we need, don't we, the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of our hearts that we might see this glorious father, that we might know him better. It's a remarkable prayer. We might know him. But also that we can know our hope. It says this, that uh, I pray that you might know the hope to which he's called you. Already we've seen Paul pray about faith and love, but now he's praying about hope. And that's like his favourite gospel trio of words, Paul keeps coming, keeps using those three words over and over again. It's almost like the hallmark of the gospel. What does the gospel look like in our lives? Well, it's faith, it's love, and it's hope. Guaranteed, lasting, secure hope. You see, Jesus not only deals with our past, but he gives us a future a future to live for, a future, in fact, to die for, the hope of the glory of God, the hope of all things made new, a new heaven and a new earth, the hope of our salvation completed, which will mean resurrection bodies. We have a phenomenal hope. You know, that hope that the world offers is so very uncertain. It, it's, it's shaky, uh, uh, often it's just wishful thinking or even at its best, it's unreliable because it relies on human performance. Last year, literally, we, 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 we started a new decade and there's always that sense of promise and what's going to, you know, what will, what will the, you know, the 1920, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, anyway, not the 1920s. I wasn't alive then, by the way. <laughs> what do the 2020s hold? That, that sense we're stepping into, uh, hopefully, you know, good times. And yet then that whole storm of COVID just broke. And suddenly our, our worlds have changed. Hope generated by us can be very fragile but Christ-centered hope, it, it's rock-like, it, it's certain, it's, it's beyond our wildest dreams. We, we've got something to live for beyond ourselves. Let's ask God to open our eyes. Let's pray like this, that we might know him better, that we might know our hope, that we might know his, his glorious inheritance. Paul goes on in this great overflow of his praying heart. He goes on to say that we might know the riches of his 
glorious inheritance in the saints. You know, if, if hope lifts us to live with an sure expectation of what is to come, then this phrase that his glorious inheritance, it fills out our hope with actually with amazement. It, it, it actually humbles us and overwhelms us. We are his inheritance. He doesn't just tolerate us, but he delights in us. We are his, we belong to him. It's a story that began in the Old Testament and is now being fulfilled in Christ, that we're his people, his treasured possession. We're precious to him, his bride. We're now in the beloved. We're his, we're his glorious inheritance. And then to know his power, Remarkable phrases that uh, Paul uses here. He talks about the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to his great might. Not only can we know our glorious hope, not only can we know this incredible value of being called his inheritance, but we can know his power. And it's immeasurably great power. It's not just power it's it's the greatest power ever it's the same power uh, as that mighty strength was exerted when christ was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of the father is all conquering is unassailable power however we measure power his power is greater it's the ultimate power but let's just um just kind of pause just at that moment and think, hold on, Paul's writing this from prison. His only experience of life at that time is locked in. It's in chains. You read about that later. And he also goes on to write about the battle that we're all in, that, that, that we struggle, in fact, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and uh, and, and so, you know, there's that reality check. And we live with these two things. So his immeasurably great power doesn't, as it were, it doesn't lift us above the realities of life, but it's power for us to know in the realities of life, in battle, in our struggle, even in our locked in difficult circumstances. It's power so we can stand not power so we can somehow fly through life like Superman. It's power uh, that we can be strong in his mighty power so we can stand, we can resist temptation, we can overcome the ways of the enemy, that we can be fruitful. His power at work on our behalf. So we can know him better. Let's pray like that. We can now hope, let's pray like this, that we can know the hope we've been called. We can know that we're his, his inheritance and we can know power beyond measure. That helps us to live life in the realities of life. And then it ends, and this is where I'm going to end, with this incredible vision of Christ. He's been raised and he is now exalted 
He's now seated at the right hand of the Father. He reigns. He's king. We, we live in days of real turmoil, uncertainty, fear, unrest. They are, I mean, I, I guess I'm the oldest one on this call. And I, I know I've never lived through days like this. But we need to know this. Jesus is in heaven and he's exalted. He reigns. He's king. That's actually how the early church was birthed. And Acts 2, Peter preaches on Christ being exalted now at the right hand of the Father. And that early church had its roots in, yeah, Jesus is king. And they learned how to live out his kingdom life here on earth. And we've got that same call right now. But we don't just live, seek to live out kingdom life. We first need to see Jesus is king. We need the eyes of our hearts opened wide. Let's be careful of a too small a view of Jesus in our thinking, a, a domesticated view of Jesus, even just a Jesus who, who just, uh, uh, just and only meets our needs. Let's have our eyes open to an exalted Jesus who we worship, who we know reigns and is overall. And it's him who then fills, he defines the church where his body, his head, where his body. And that final statement of the prayer that the church is the fullness of him who fills all in all. I don't think I personally, I, I don't think I know of a more thrilling description of church. It's the fullness of him who fills all in all. That we now, as the body of Christ, we can be filled with him. We can know Christ in us. And we can live out this life that he's given to us. Let's pray like this. Let's let these prayers from scripture so inform our praying. They're great to study. They're even better to pray. Let's pray. In fact, I'd love to pray before I just hand over to Al. And then I think it's going to lead us in worship. But let's just pray together, shall we? Lord, we just want to say to you that above all else and in the midst of all things, we want to know you better. Lord, we want to know that hope you've called us to. Lord, I pray for that knowing of your power in the midst of the realities of life. Doesn't it doesn't mean we escape the challenges, but amidst challenge, amidst struggle, let's be strong in the Lord and strong in his mighty power that we might stand. Lord, I pray for his dear friends in in Gothenburg, in Sweden, that you'll come and flood them with your spirit. 
and a good first truly would be a demonstration of a church that 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 shows that he is the fullness uh, that lives out the fullness of your spirit of you filling us more and more come holy spirit have your way with us be with us this week in all that you're leading us into and let us see more of you jesus amen now going to hand on to how i think we're going to worship brilliant thank you roger